Thank you guys for listening today to Talking Yoga with Joe. I'm on my deck in South Carolina as Hurricane Irma approaches the United States. I want to send my safe wishes for anyone in the line of Irma. Please keep safe, and I'm thinking of all of you out there. In this episode, my very special guest is Kate Counts. Kate is just simply a badass. She's a really inspiring yoga teacher, an activist, and a teacher to children, and a teacher of life. This was one of my favorite conversations with a guest. Kate and I had known of each other teaching yoga around Charleston, and we got to share a very special talk together. This was Kate's first time ever doing a podcast. She told me she was a little nervous about it, and she did so great. Whenever I listen to Kate, I always end up feeling more inspired, whether in yoga classes, in passing, and also right here in this podcast. We'll hear more about Kate and how she got into yoga and working and teaching in the school districts with kids. Something really extraordinary that we get into in this podcast is the recent 2017 solar eclipse. We talk and share our personal stories from the eclipse that we both got to witness down here in South Carolina. I hope you enjoy this one episode with Kate Counts. On the mat. And we can also do it off the mat. Yeah. If we can get on the mat, right? And move towards joy within our body. You know, and just be able to not worry about what other people think. And look for those lines of energy that like are in our body and, and move us and be guided from within, right? Even if it's for five minutes, then maybe we can go out into our lives and look for the things that bring us joy and go for it. Because so many people are going to tell us no, right? I, I get this all the time, you know? They're like, no, that's not going to work or that's crazy or you're not following the, the rules, right? These like secret rules that are like you should do a point a point b you know like do these things but then i think sometimes when you do follow the rules so much you are it's hard to find joy so discovering your own rules yeah yeah i think that's all right a big part of yoga for me you know and if, you know of course people are going to start you off and but then eventually it the practice or begins to come your own just like our journeys are our own but it's hard work <laughs> right because <laughs> sometimes it's easier to to follow the rules in point a point b you're supposed to you know go to college get married you know have kids have the career i think sometimes you wake up and you're 40 and you're like what the fuck i was this is my parents society told me this was supposed to make me happy and I'm miserable. And a lot of people call that a midlife crisis, right? You've heard this. I remember, like, okay. my kids, when, when, I, my, when I was a kid, my mom would be like, oh, my friend, she's just going through a midlife crisis. And I, I remember this term. And I'd be like, wow, that's weird. Okay, I hope that doesn't happen to me. But I'll have it all figured out, right? But now I'm thinking it's more of a midlife awakening. Not a crisis. Is it a different perspective? Of uh, looking at it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But yeah, doesn't like, crisis bring awakening? Crisis, that beauty and that irony in there. Yeah, but I think a lot of times we end up there because we are following the rules. Like, 
I think back of, you know, when you were little and people would be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you had nowhere, you'd just say, you know, like, I want to do this. Like My son wants to be half the time a UPS driver and half the time a worker. Like, he wants to do construction, you know, and I'm like, awesome, you know. But, like, maybe when it goes along the lines, but that's coming from pure joy. Right. You know, that's what he wants to do because he thinks it's cool. But, like, it goes along and then we, like, maybe keep feeding that passion of, like, whatever it was that sparked something in you when you were a little. Going back to that and be like, God, what lit me on fire when I was little? Because it's still lighting you on fire. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a teacher. I used to, when I was little, I didn't know what a teacher was. I wanted to be a school. I would say, I'm going to be a school. And then I wanted to be a teacher. And I became a teacher. I taught fourth grade for five years. and But now I'm still a teacher. And when did you discover yoga? I discovered yoga um, when I was at the College of Charleston my junior year. I took it as an elective. And I, it was super cool. Um, I was kind of, when I was in college, um, if you want to put labels on it, I was like a hippie, you know? like, And I was really, really into um, social justice. I was an activist. Um, pretty hardcore, it, you know, I was really driven towards that passion, you know, of making change, and, um, but at the same time, that can be very stressful, it can be hard, and being a young, you know, being 20, and not understanding why the world isn't utopia, you know, like, why can't we all just get along, or, you know, and so I was really driven towards that, but, um, it took a lot of my soul, and so I did take that class at the college, and I was like, oh, yes. I needed space. Um, and I was like, this is cool. I really, really enjoy this. And so I dabbled in it a little bit. Of course, I was young, and I was going, and I traveled a lot after college. and But it just, like, planted a seed that, you know, we need, no matter what we're doing in our lives, or we need space to get to know ourselves better. So I, that was maybe, that was, took me five years to get through college. So uh, that was 99 when I first, you know, got into yoga. And from there, it evolved a lot. I've come to yoga for many different things. So at the first, that was, you know, space to get to know myself, especially at a young age. When I was dealing with a lot of hard things, you know, I, I mean... I owned a gas mask and a megaphone. Those were my things. I was like a little bit rough around the edges. I was I was passionate and ready to go. I'm an Aries. I was like, let's, let's do this. And then um, after college, I became a teacher because I felt like that was the next step to make change. And so I taught for five years in North Charleston. And you said fourth grade. For, well, I started in second grade. So I taught, yeah, second grade and then went into fourth grade in North Charleston and... It was really hard. It was hard. The very first time that I taught uh, a fifth grade class, um, and it was a huge class, sort of first time ever teaching to kids, it was the hardest thing, one of the hardest things, teaching career. And then that moment made me feel like, oh, this is the hardest thing. I have to do this again. <laughs> right? Like, in my mind, it was just like, that freaked me out. And... 
three years later, I just had my first class yesterday for the year with my brand new class. Oh, cool. Uh, and they're also fourth grade. Oh, cool. Wait, wait, where? You, this where? is downtown Charleston. Okay, cool. Yeah. At What's James cool? Mitchell. Okay. Mitchell, my husband, taught there for a very long time. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> He's a special ed teacher. So Mitchell's such a great school. Yeah. Oh, when you were like, They've got so much great things The architecture. Going in. Uh, like oh, it's when old. The front doors, when you're walking in. It's like I'm over like, 100 years old. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, so I'm under that roof. So how was it yesterday with him? Like, this is new for them. Or have you yeah. been teaching them? Uh, this is a brand a new, new group. group. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm with them for the whole year. So two years I've been with that group for the whole year. And that uh, first class, the fifth grade class, it was in a situation where end of the day on a Friday, like literally the last thing of the week, and then they go up to their weekend. So these kids were just coffee. Think about the kids on coffee, jelly beans, sugar, every possible thing you can imagine in a yoga class. And it was just like wild. Um, so I really learned a lot. From and it's that. cool. It's on a Friday because also they're going into worlds that are sometimes very different, hard. Yeah. To give them that gift before they go in. Yeah. That's cool. But yesterday's class I felt was uh, so awesome. Like it was um, probably the best class that I've taught. Where it was the first class ever with kids. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's different when teaching a uh, kids. It's so different. It's a lot different, and mm-hmm. like you, you really feel a little more like energy is a little more sensitive mm-hmm. in the room. Oh yeah, and you have to be totally real, like you. Oh you, yeah, be because c- kids can call you out on your bullshit in five seconds easily, and they're one to like they want to trust you, but they're gonna scope you out first. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I yeah, I mean that's something that I learned um, teaching fifth uh, fourth grade. But it was really hard for me. You know, I took a lot of their... I, I carry a lot of their, their problems and their struggles on my heart. I mean, sometimes I would come home and just sit in the shower and cry. And I'd be like, God, this is so, un- this is so unfair. Um, I give so much props to teachers. It's the hardest job. You're going in there and you're shaping, like, the youth and... Yeah, and it makes me, I mean, and that's, I would, I went back to yoga then from there because it was, I knew I couldn't carry all of their struggles. And so I had to go to a place where I could release mm-hmm. and almost pray and just give it up and just be like, I'm doing the best that I can do and I have to take care of me. Because I think there's a lot of teachers that are not taking care of themselves. And they take on so much. <laughs> and you go home and you're like, oh, what about blah, 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 you know? I mean, yeah. I remember I had one little guy, Jonathan, and I knew that he didn't have enough to, you know, eat during the week. So I would hold on to that and I'd be like, oh my gosh. You know, I'd stuff his backpack before I would leave on Friday and I'd be like, you know. So yoga came back into my life for that. And um, it helped, Definitely. It certainly helps. It's a practice that I think makes you, everyone, a better person. Yeah. Like, if you were to make it simple, just they're better people. Right. (laughs) And then are we doing that to get to know ourselves so that we can become better people? Yeah. You know? And you know it's working then. Like, I'm constantly checking myself and like, is this working? Am I becoming a better person? Am I becoming more understanding? And, you know... I think 
checking in to be like, okay, you know, is this working for me? Yeah. Is it real? Is it real? reality. Am I going out and being a nice person? Mm. I mean, let's be real. Sometimes I've met some people that are like super into yoga and they're not, you know, like sometimes I'm like, is it working? Yeah. I had to question that for a while, you know, and like, but checking yourself constantly and it's the thoughts, you know. Yeah. And I wrote down that uh, quote that you had said in the last class. And it's, of course, in a different notebook. But maybe you can um, uh, remember generally say it was um, humility. Yeah, so... Well, does it, or you can... The way that you said it was beautiful in class, but in essence, it's not the Facebook followers. It's not the Facebook likes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's you going out and saying, was I uh, kind, compassionate, and... Humility, generosity, humility. and integrity. You know, that's the thing... And this is sometimes that makes me, the yoga world, I, I love it. For, for a long time, I've stayed away from it because I didn't understand. You know, I think um, the mind or the ego, or, or I know people throw ego around a lot, but it happens. Like, um, oh, in bringing up three children has really brought this to my um, mind. I mean, they're growing up in a different age than I am. I mean, I didn't have a cell phone until I graduate from college. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, you know, you'd go out to a party and you're like, maybe we'll meet up. You know, you, right. you, it was just like serendipitous. It just happened. Was that the same world? That what? My kids are growing up in? No, I'm just saying like without cell phones, like is that actually the same world? Like, that we're living in now? Yeah. It's pretty wild to think about it. I think it's a different world and, but it is the same I think we just have to work harder. Yeah. I mean, look what we're doing right now. You know, we're sitting and we're talking eye to eye, and we hardly even know each other. I mean, I could probably go back on your Facebook page and stalk you and be like, okay, I got, you know. But the thing what I'm trying to teach my kids is like, and teach myself is, yeah, I could know a lot about you, but if I see you in a room or see you, I can go up to you and look you in the eyes and be like, hey, I'd really like to get to know you better. You seem like a really cool person. And not be afraid to do that, you know. Um, but yeah, talking to my kids about what really matters. It's not the likes and the followers and, you know, because that you can't really, what do I say, like, that shouldn't gauge your worth. True. That's really important. You know, and I think these kids growing up are like, well, you know, I didn't get so many. I mean, my kids are not on social media. Yeah, but it's inevitable. And what does this have to do with yoga? I think it has everything. I think everything has to do with yoga. But I have to lead by example as well. You know, like I said at the end of the day, when my journey is over, I don't want my kids to stand up and be like, she had a ton of likes and a ton of flowers. She followers. She could pack a yoga room, you know. But, like, was I kind? Was I generous? Did I have integrity? Integrity is something that I'm constantly thinking about, and it's hard. Because in the social media world, we can put ourselves out here and say these things, but then at the end of the day, what are we really doing? Yeah, it's generally tough. moving forward, talking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that yeah, that was a big one. It hit me. Yeah. yeah. Integrity. <laughs> I like that one a lot. <laughs> it's a good thing to think about, because at the end of the day, what is really important? Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. I do know a little bit about you, like you said, but this is kind of cool. Um, 
because we share similar interests and it was funny before like when you first got here we're like talking and had like this whole other thing in podcasts and um <laughs> we talked a lot similar to what we're talking about now just like taking care of our bodies i'm like telling you about like diets that i'm doing mm-hmm. or changing and talking about blood types um but i think our our story if i'm not mistaken goes back kind of a little long ago 2014 yeah i believe mm-hmm. okay so i was thinking about this today and I had just moved to Charleston. Right. And it was uh, this big festival, the yoga mm-hmm, pop going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'd met you there. Right. And I was there with uh, my paddle boards. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a simulator. Mm-hmm. I had the, the board. board. I had the board on two Bosu balls. And I was having people just get the feeling of the wobble. So now that I think this is three years later, mm-hmm. and I'm like super into like obsessed with paddle boards yeah. now, and that was my very first time sort of feeling that, that sensation, <laughs> and um, I always generally knew that it was going to be like a very physical and challenging practice. activity mm-hmm. and practice, and um, I sort of visually looking at it, I'm like, I think I would enjoy that. Like I generally like water activities, anything on water, like I grew up by the ocean mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. going constantly. And I discovered, like, I didn't know how physically challenging it was going to be, it's, but it's more. But I didn't know how much I could absolutely love that sensation, sensation. of being on the board. I could have never imagined that right. on a simulator until, like, I'm in the real yeah. life of the water. Right. And it's super cool on the paddle board. Um, I say a lot when I'm teaching, um, embrace the wobble. I actually had someone just make me shirt that said that because... And I think maybe that's why I was so drawn to paddleboard yoga. It was humbling to me. I wobbled. And there was no way. I was not on solid ground. Did you have a little photo of a paddleboard or just said? What? What? Embrace the wobble? Yeah. No, it was just one of my friends. One of the ladies' t-shirts. She was like, because I say that in class when we're not, when we're on ground. I think sometimes when we wobble, we have to be so careful about like, our mind will be like, can play tricks. Like, I'll wobble and be like, gosh, I just can't get this. Like, I'm all over the place. I can't focus. But I also think that the wobble is a blessing. Because can we be wobbled but still find center? Yeah. And that's good because that can also be a practice just not in water. Not in, in water. water. Because you don't freak out when you're wobbling cause on water because you're like, of course I'm wobbling. I'm on water. But we wobble on land all the time. I don't know, Joe. I'm always trying to like be like... The lessons that I learned from the mat, how can I bring this to my everyday life? Constantly. I'm like constantly bringing this back in. And I'm like, okay, if I can be wobbled on water and I can be wobbled on land, on the mat, I'm going to be wobbled in my life. Right? We're all wobbled. Experiences, situations, other people are going to try to shake us off. Things happen in our lives and we're like, oh my God, you know, like what am I going to do? But can we pull back to center? Pull it back to center, and I think also letting go mm-hmm. and relaxing too. Ease. Because that wobble and floating in the water is absolute pure sensations of relaxation. Yeah. You find ease. Ease. It's like when you look at water, it's just like yes. ease. <laughs> Even a waterfall. Like I was did this trip this uh, month with my, my kids, and we drove to Oregon, and I just sit there sometimes and look at the waterfall, and I'm like, it's falling with such ease. 
like, yeah. Wow. Where were these waterfalls in Oregon? Um, all part? over, all over. Yeah, yeah, all over. We we took a month off and lived in my um, my Sherrod Dodge Sherrod Burgundy van. I actually was talking to one of my friends yesterday, who's um, actually a medium that I see, and she was like, "I think the Sherrod is your spirit animal." And I was <laughs> like, "Shut." Yes, it is. <laughs> the conversion is van is because it was. I was. I had such a hard time buying it because I did it. I had. A, I bought it by instinct. I was like, this feels right. And I mean, even my mom. People were like, you're crazy. You shouldn't buy this. Don't do it. And I was like, no. She's gonna get my family to Oregon. Her name is Brenda. <laughs> Brenda. And she did. And um, lately, I've been really working with like instinct, and uh, fear and stuff. And so I was talking to her, and she's like. You did that a year ago, and everyone told you that it was not a great idea, and you did it. And she didn't break down once, and she got you and brought so much joy. So she was like, so today when I was driving actually here, I was like, I'm driving my spirit animal. <laughs> Just a reminder. Yeah, I know we got off topic. I tend to do that, but. Oh, this is not off topic at all. <laughs> but yeah, this, the paddleboard yoga, um, I, you know, and it slows down your practice. I'm a very fast, I'm, I'm fast-paced. Yin is like, I need yin, but I'm so drawn to yang, you know. Um, but the paddle, I think I was drawn to that a lot because it slowed me down. Mm. I had to be slow. Yeah. Well, I think yoga is an interesting practice, too, where sometimes you can right do a little bit of both. Right? Oh, yeah. And because you're so much more in tune and going in with your body, you're like, oh, I want to go fast. I'm going to pick it up now. Like, I want to be mm -hmm. the best person in the class. I want to be that first person in Warrior One and land <laughs> it, right? And move with ease and, and finesse. Um, and then I'm okay with just going slow. taking it like a day-by-day -day practice mm -hmm. as well. Right. Isn't it a day-by-day -day practice? Lately I've been like it's a minute-by-minute. -minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yoga is minute-by-minute -minute maybe because it's everything. It is everything. I really, really, you know, I, I, I truly believe this, that it is everything. Yeah. So I like hearing about how you got into yoga. Yeah. And, and then it evolved even more, you know. I, um, you know, I went from teaching, and then I um, got pregnant with my first son, who's 10 now, Noah. And I started to go to yoga because I, my body was changing. I was having babies, and... I wanted, actually I slowed it down more because I wanted to get to know my body more and I also wanted to get to know my children more while they were like inside of me. Hmm. And that, that once again, provided space. Can you explain that? Just, I don't know, I think there's something about doing yoga when you're pregnant and, um... <laughs> Just with another life. I mean, there's another life in you. And for me, having children was like one of the biggest responsibilities. And not everyone can do it. You know, I know this. It's hard. It's really hard. You know, it's not, you know, it's not for everyone, you know. And, and that's, that's, that's okay because we all have different paths. And, but I did it just to get to know them more before they came out and to get to know me. Because... Wow. I, I was talking to someone the other day, and she was like, I'm not an activist. 
you know, I, I'm not an activist and I'm not, I'm not outspoken. And I go, I said to her, dear friend of mine, I said, you're a mom. <laughs> I go, you were automatically made an activist when you had a child. You are an activist. You are shaping another human being mm. who's going to be in this world. You are an activist. You know, so just, you know, in yoga, that was more, it was more real just space for my body and me. Good space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And time. Kasuka. Mm-hmm. was. And then I went from there to, you know, it, it's like, I was thinking about this when I was driving over here. Man, it has evolved. Yoga has come up into my life for so many, as my life was evolving, it was just like there right next to me. Like a life preserver and being like, okay, where are we going now? And then from there I became a, I actually didn't get into yoga first as far as like, uh, you know, I was in yoga as, as far as teaching. After I had my second, um, Amelia, um, I started to um, teach fitness. I taught weight training and spinning. And I taught, you know, and I became a personal trainer and I really, that became more of my time to like, I had to get out of my head, really, like, I needed to get my blood, blood pumping, I was had, had children, and, you know, and then I became, came to yoga because I was sore, I was, like, my body needed to stretch, and that's how you discover the, like, asanas, well, no, I was doing the asanas all around, right, but I never really went to yoga, I mean, I was stretching, but like I said, I was more for mind, than it was physical. Does that make sense? Like I was like, I am sore. I need, and that's when I discovered yin. Oh my gosh! I remember when I was in full saddle. I was like crying because my I was I was tight. I was like you know for three years there. I was like teaching hardcore and doing and teach was like sometimes yoga can be emotional. And I was like, are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know this, but I was like, this is a different type of emotional. My muscles didn't want to let go. And that mind-body, you know, Joe, when you're like, I give you permission to let go, relax. So, so I came to it for that for a different reason. And then I started teaching. I did my teacher training in 2013. And you did it down here in mm -hmm. Charleston? Mm -hmm. I did it at the Gaia Yoga Center in Mount Pleasant. Um, it was like nine months. It was a little bit more. I know now there's a lot more fast-paced, but it was drawn out. It was perfect for me because I had three kids at that time. And teaching also, fitness classes. So nine months, yoga teacher training was like your fourth birth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I really was able to dive into the teachings. Yeah. And it was a very heavy anatomy. And I, I love anatomy. I love the human body. It's pretty fascinating. Oh, my God. There's 26 bones in our foot and ankle combined. Sometimes I'm like, what? You do, you just I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, <laughs> wow, like, these beautiful, like, vessels. Yeah. It's also, when you dive deep, a very, very complex, hard um, study and practice. And uh, the same, like, in my teacher's training, like, I loved, you know, spending time and focusing on uh, how anatomy just starts with, like, going to the basics, like a cell. The start right. of the cell. And then, like, then... Go slow, kid, because you got a long journey ahead, but then it works into, like, this magical 
beautiful human body. Right. And like we have these like two of everything's. Why do we have two no? Why do we have two nostrils? And then that beautifully like I think tied in and went into like yoga practice. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, in my teacher trained a lot of pranayama breathing. Mm-hmm. And a ton of just working with um, how can you breathe in through one side of your nostril mm-hmm. and the other. And maybe one side feels different than the other. Constantly. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And how it changes every 15 minutes. Yeah. But um, Curiosity. Constantly I'm like obsessed with trying to breathe in through one side. And I mm-hmm. notice um, how one side is o- almost always um, different. But try and do more alternate breathing and get it balanced. And it might completely be different for me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like our anatomy, and that was one thing that was a really big part of my teacher training, which kind of, how do I say this, blew my mind. Because it kind of threw out the rules, like I was saying before. Because um, we did stu- study a lot of skeletal variation. We're not, not all made the same. You know, some of us are taller and shorter and some of us have longer arms and shorter arms and longer legs. And like I have like a really short torso, like so my pelvis comes high and my rib cage. So the space like for me to do like side crow or something, I can't do it because it's like compression. And for a long time I would beat, I would beat myself up and I'm like, God, I suck. (laughs) And then I finally eventually was like, this is just the way my body is made, you know? So maybe I'm, you know, can do something a little better or, like, can I find space somewhere else? Or it just, it trips me out. Now I, like, look at bodies and I'm like, God, they're so beautiful. Yeah. And, and they're all different shapes and sizes and it just trips me out. Yeah, I think we know a little bit of this um, when we see, like, very high-performance um, athletes, like, Olympic style. Michael Phelps. Perfect example. Where anatomically, if you're looking at his arms, it's all disproportionate. His body is not made to like play, I don't know, could play golf, but is that the best use? Like, of his body. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And that's like uh, crazy. We could go down rabbit holes, but I was thinking, you know, like we were talking about with eating. You know, I think bio individuality. We're all so different. We all have different. You know, you know the foods that we eat some, might not work for someone, and it works great for you. And like uh, so many times when I'm training, people will be like, "Well, I'm running, but I hate running." I'm like, "Why are you doing it? If you hate it, find something you love." You know, and like if someone doesn't like yoga per se, asana. Like, like my sister is a marathon runner. That is her yoga. Her feet just like on the on, and like I could never do that. You know, but she's like, I get out of my head, I get into my body, I find space. And I'm like, well, that works for you. You know, if that clears your head and gives you, like, be able to download what is good for you. But, like, it's with everything, bio-individuality. It throws out the rules. Yeah. <laughs> and I think running, too, is a l- maybe just as much meditating as it is yoga as well. could be more meditating because you're going, like, out on trails or something. Oh, yeah. You're on the side of a road, like, you're in moving meditation, man. Especially urban environments, like, oh, you're yeah. downtown. you got to be just careful. taking it in. Taking everything. <laughs> I know, because you get hit by a car. That's it. 
The yoga studio, I said before we started the safe. podcast, safe, comfortable place. You're not going to be physically hit by a car, but mentally you might be like, wow. Mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, I don't even know how we, but yeah, it's all so different. So yeah, my teacher training, we dove a lot into that. And it was good because now I look at people's bodies and I'm like, I wonder how their femur bones fit in their pelvis. Or how, what's going on with their shoulder? Like, why isn't this, you know, you know, and, and maybe as a teacher I can be like, well, maybe if we do it this way, it'll, you'll feel a little bit more into your body. I think that's what it starts with. Like, you start with those questions, right? Like, your curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, you dive in, and then anatomy is a little bit like, well, there's an answer to it. Right. There's got to be an answer, right? There's got to be an answer, but not always. Not always. Because that's when you're like, I remember being at my, especially because I did my 200-hour, and then right after that, I went into a 100-hour yin. And oh, that did? Yeah. Were you teaching a little bit before that? Or did oh, yeah, you I was teaching. In? Cool. I was teaching, and, uh, and I went into yin. yin. No, I, I really, I, I, at first when I was, I was, it was hard for me. I'm very young, and I knew I needed it. Um... It was hard for me. I'm not one to like, it's hard for me to sit. Like, even meditation is a struggle. I mean, it's a struggle for me. Um, so, um, I knew I needed it. You know, when you're like, this is hard, then yeah, I should do this. And it was one of the most, those hundred hours was one of the most trans, I mean, I, it was, I can't even put it into words. I really have, Yin, I have a very, I don't teach it because I'm scared to teach it because I've made, I made so many breakthroughs in it. I feel like it, it's a lot of responsibility as a teacher. As You're, a teacher. As a teacher, sure. you know, like for flow, yeah, you have a lot of responsibility physically. You do. Yeah, mentally, but people are going deep. Right. I went deep. I cleared. from the pacing of the class, of course, is different, um. But teaching perspective, yeah, it's a little different game. You know, a lot of energy people sit in with, and it's, it's really sacred. I'm like, I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah, more space. Yeah, suka, good space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the class that um, I was with you last week, um, you had a little longer of a shavasana, and I love that. I think that's perfect when. You're able to move a lot around the mat. It's a beautiful class, by the way. Thank you. And the young practice is mixed so really nicely with just like taking time for yourself to relax. And you said it before class, so that's what made it, I think, extra perfect because you know um, that you were theming it or moving in towards something that was just going to be like, just rest. Rest, rest. Get to know yourself better. I think in when I did that, and I did that, I got to know myself better. Like, yeah. And sometimes you have to clear out some shit to get to know yourself better. Yeah. And a lot of times, I think we put things down, stuff it down, and a lot of times it's sad because it's a lot of things that happen when you're a child, or you know, things. You know, and you're just like, oh, I'm. this is just the way I am. But really, why are you the way you are? And, like, going back and just diving deep and then letting go. But then being like, huh, 
I'm getting to know me a little bit better. And, and once again, that puts me back into like me being as a parent. I, I'm terrified sometimes of fucking them up. <laughs> that sound it's awful. Huge responsibility. And yeah, I'm going to. In some form. I mean, we all have something, you know, that we carry. You know, we're human. I'm just doing the best I can. I always tell them that. Namaste. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. You know, and then maybe there's something, you know. I, but, like, and I would say that my parents did a great job, but I was able to, they did the best they can. But I was able to clear a lot of out of that during the end and just, like, sit with, sit. Yeah. <sighs> well, tell me a little bit about your childhood, because I know you are from Chicago. Right? <clears throat> I'm from Chicago. I'm one of three. Um, brought up in an uh, Irish Catholic neighborhood, but I wasn't Irish. I was little. I used to lie about being Irish because <laughs> I, I could fit in. <laughs> I was like, I'm 5%, I swear. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> um, uh, my childhood was, 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 growing up in Chicago was great. It was great. Um, I do, um, my family has a large uh, history of mental illness. And... Um, and addiction, huge amount, and for some reason that didn't really, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, uh, actually, because going back to seeing how you were brought up in the life circumstances and the why you are the way you are now, right. um, <clears throat> I just put something up, you know, I make these malas, and for a long time I've been really <clears throat> not wanting to put myself out there, and a lot of people are like, what are you afraid of, what are you afraid of, or... With anything in my life, you know, I started that paddleboard company, started to get successful, and I kind of backed away a little bit. Or everything kind of, I was a teacher, and I was successful, really, I backed away from it. And so lately in my life, I've been, in my yoga practice, I've been thinking about, why do I do that? Well, and I, I don't think it's, I'm afraid, I love something. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not afraid of failing. I think I am afraid of success. And I go back to that, I don't know, that Marion uh, Williamson quote that is like, I don't think our greatest fear is us failing. It's our greatest fear is being more powerful beyond what we imagine. I'm paraphrasing it. But and I think growing up in a family with mental illness and addiction, and it passed me, my job was to smile and make sure everyone was okay. And that's what you did. And that's what I did. Yeah. I was the middle child. I, Were you? Yeah, I was the one that was like, we're okay, everyone's okay, we're going to be okay, let's try this, blah, blah, blah. And I was always the encourager. I wasn't the one that was like going off and doing it. I was just encouraging everyone to be okay. <laughs> that is fucking exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe that was, has been in my whole life as I approach 40 in my yoga to be like sit with and be like okay I need to make sure I'm okay yeah and that comes first yeah but when you grow up and I don't think my my, my mom and dad you know meant to you know they did the best they could yeah yeah and there's certainly a quote or something in there um, where when you come from a really hard background or childhood you're brought up to be the most sometimes amazing person because we all need to go through those like really hard obstacles yeah yeah and it's not to say i mean everyone's is different right, right. so your story starts in chicago yeah where you're like 
urban? Like, are you? I live city? on the south side of the city, wow. on the farthest south you can get in Chicago. I'm a so Cubs. I've never been. I'm a Cubs fan. Are you close? Is that that close lives to the on the south side? No, if anyone's listening, do they know? They're like, what? Okay. Um, we, you know, Chicago's all about their teams. Um, but I was in the city, yeah. And I went to like the all the biggest all girls Catholic school in the country. Mm-hmm. No way. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Mother Macaulay. And um, shout out, it, shout out to Mother the Mighty Max. Shout out. Um, yeah, I went to Catholic school my whole life until I came to College of Charleston, mm-hmm. which was interesting. And I, I'm not a practicing Catholic, but um, yeah, it was in it, yeah. Yeah, if you don't mind me asking. Um, why not? Hmm. That's another rabbit hole. That's another pod. I mean, another rabbit hole. <laughs> um, you know, it didn't speak to me. I learned a lot. I did. Jesus was, man, one of my homeboys. He was a great, you know, prophet and awesome. I learned a lot. I mean, I probably could recite the Bible to you because, I mean, that was part of since when I was in fifth, I mean, kindergarten all the way up to senior year. I mean, I took religion. It was part of my thing, but it was Catholicism. Um, I, uh, there's a lot of Catholic guilt that I carried. I think it's a lot of fear. And it works for some people. And you're like, I'm not going to, you know. But this is the reason why I didn't baptize my children. My children are not baptized. And long time for the my like my mom was talking to me about it. She's like, when the Catholic, when you're Catholic and you don't baptize your child, you don't take them out of the house until they're baptized. Because if right. something happens to them, they don't go to heaven. There's some fear in there, buddy. <laughs> it's kind of effed a little bit, right? Well, I mean, you know, and 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 um, I want my kids to explore all religions. Right. You know. How can I choose that for them? Or faiths or whatever. Maybe it doesn't, you know, religion is not for them. Or yoga. I mean, yoga has become my religion. This is my faith. So, and I found it on my own. So I can't just say this is what you are. Once again, bio-individuality. You know, like, it all, we're all, you know, but I can't say that. You know, I have some friends that are hardcore Catholic that are wonderful people. It works for them. Yeah. And we can have friends of all different religions right. in a way. And that's the thing, like saying, like, this is the way it has to be. So I didn't baptize them in the Catholic Church because I was like, how can I decide this for you? I can give you all the tools. I can show you all the, let's talk about all the different religions. Let's go to all the different churches. And if something sparks something in your soul, go for it. Go for it. Like, I love. To be 80 years old sitting at the dinner table and be like, well, this is my daughter, she's a Buddhist, and here's my son, he's a Catholic, and here's my other son, and he doesn't believe in anything. <laughs> you know, where I can be like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a whole movie. Yeah. The whole movie is everyone's just having dinner and having a beautiful, awesome time. Yeah, and they can talk. Right. And that one is better than the other. Yeah, in a way. Well, you're sharing ideas, right? You're sharing interests, your goals, and your feelings. Everybody's is different. I think yeah, aren't we makes. all just trying to find our truth? Right. The truth is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what speaks to us and what brings us closer to our truth. And that's yoga for me. Yeah, and one of the many things I, I love about yoga is it's, uh, it's very truthful. Yeah. 
that you're experiencing in class when you're describing like those sensations, I don't think you get any more real or tangible <laughs> than that. Right. You're right. <sighs> and then to be able to teach it. What a gift. Yes. Like every day I wake up, I mean, I have so much gratitude to be able to teach and maybe hope that someone, it sparks something in someone else. Yeah. So you love teaching. <laughs> yes. I love teaching. Yeah. And that's another interest we share. And um, another thing is uh, for our jobs, like we're teachers in vans and cars. <laughs> Spirit animals. <laughs> on wheels, yes. <laughs> animals. Sometimes I take my beagle Luna and say spirit animal. Right. Um, But teaching yoga full-time in Charleston. Um, What are uh, some of the spaces that you're teaching at? Well, I don't just teach yoga. That's the thing. I teach spin and I'm still teaching, you know, so right currently I'm teaching 23 classes a week. This is changing. I can't do it anymore. And, um, so I teach right now at um, Gaia in Mount Pleasant. I teach at Gold's Gym on James Island. I teach at Seoul on West Ashley. And I teach at the Poor House, um, which is a music venue. And it, I was, I was, was think, wondering if we were going to bring this up. It is hard to be a full-time yoga teacher. Definitely. And you said that in the uh, first class, one of the first classes I've taken with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I related to that, and then certainly, uh, in a way, I had my own thoughts and mm-hmm. I disagreed. Where I thought, yeah, at times like it's it's hard. And then there was moments I remember when I first started teaching, and I think the most I've taught was around you about twenty three classes right. a week. I did that for a while, <laughs> and uh, I just remember sitting in a car and just being like in laughter. <laughs> Pure laughter. <laughs> Sitting at a red light, I'm like, I am just driving around, <laughs> doing something that I love, love. so much, right. teaching yoga. I was like, this is ridiculously pure bliss. Right. And then, uh, you know, certain next weeks, you're just like, yeah, this is uh, harder. Yeah, you know, and I think um, we all have different experiences. The last two years have been really hard for me. Um, at first I was like, yeah, I can, I'll take anything I can get. And also my circumstances, I do have three children and I'm married to a teacher, you know, and to make your, a living as a yoga teacher is, is, is tough. It's work, you know, and, and it's hard because you're following your passion. Right. But also the return sometimes is not as, you know, and and when you're trying to support a family, um, and it goes back to my whole thing of like, um, in the last two years, I haven't had a whole lot of space for myself. Because I went into this this um, switch of, like, I have to teach these classes because I have to help support my family, you know, so I can put food on the table and, you know, they're getting older, they want to play sport, you know, like, so that they I can help them find out what speaks to them. And a whole lot of pressure was put onto it. And... Um, I'll go back to something my husband said that really brought a light bulb in my, my mind. He says, you know how hard it is for me to have someone come up to me? And he's, a lot of people do and say, oh, I take your wife's yoga class. It, it has changed my life. She's given me permission to grow or helped me. 
And then he comes home and he sees this wife that is exhausted and tired and not doing the things that um, serve her. I practice. And this is the reason why we took this month trip. You know, I, I, we were, I was like, I need a timeout. I need space. Let's get in this van and drive across the country with our three kids and be curious and stop wherever we want and live in a tent. And I needed to respark. And you guys totally did. Look, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> and I came back and I trusted. I, I think I lost some trust in the last two years. I was fearful of um, financial burden and fearful that um, we wouldn't make it. But then I came back and like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, we could lose our house or we have to downsize. Or, But I have you, I have my husband, I have my children. But if I don't have space for myself, I have nothing. So I came back and actually last night um, I taught my la uh, Wednesday night class at Gold's. It was my first yoga class ever. And I taught my last one. Oh my gosh, Joe, I cried through Shavasana. Because I think sometimes we, at least I do, I was like, I need to give some things up. And I have to trust that it's going to be okay. And I continue to do what I want to do, but I need to get back on the mat for me. So that's where I am in my yoga practice. 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 Yes. You know, because when you're taking care of three kids and doing that, you know, you don't really, your time is you know, very limited. And I want to go take an hour class or I want, I just built this, I call it the Boho Lounge in my backyard. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because, you know, for me to do yoga in my house with my kids, they're just constantly like, Mom, 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 Mom. And I'm like, <laughs> so I built a space. and space, A space insane. for myself to do yoga outside. I made these curtains and it's just going to be my space. So that's where I am because I don't ever want to resent. And I felt a little bit of resentment coming up. Right. You know, because I was looking at my students and being like, you know, so. Yeah, I got to show you uh, my curtains that I've just put up. I saw them when oh, I was walking did? up yeah. and I was like, that's Joe's house. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new space. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly uh, understand and get that based on my experiences when I first started picking up um, a lot of classes when I started teaching in, here in Charleston. Um, it sort of happened quickly mm -hmm. as these things happen. To when do, they're supposed to happen. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like a, a, a cyclone. It just kind of sort of, you know, it was started at one island and then I'm at the other island and like it was all within a month, a few months. And then And you're I teaching realized, like Goose Creek and... Mm -hmm. I'm still up in Goose Creek. I mean, that's how... I mean, I met you that day at... Um, yoga pop, but I n come to find more out of you between our mutual friend Jess at the yoga den, and she would just rave about your classes, but then she was like, I was like, well, where else does he teach? And I remember being like, well, <laughs> let me tell you, there's, I think this is when you first started, you were all, it was great. Yeah, and I wasn't finding time for myself to practice. I was so getting used to teaching and using those muscles of, like, teaching. And I thought I had lost a little bit of creativity mm -hmm. um, in sequences and mm -hmm. flows. And then <laughs> yes. I, I had to ask myself when the last time that I actually went on my mat and practiced. And I'm like, holy shoot, Joe. Like, it's, it's been a while. 
for you, whatever that is, I think it might have been a week or two mm-hmm. weeks, I was like, of course, I need to practice myself. And um, that changed everything. It does. So. It does. It'll turn you down. A if you, when you get off the mat and you don't take the space for yourself, you go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So this is, I like rabbit holes, by the way. You mentioned, you brought it up a few times. <laughs> Lately, that's been my thing, the rabbit hole. I'm like, don't go down the rabbit hole. What's that? But maybe we do need to go down the rabbit hole so yeah. we can come out on the other side. Yeah. I think um, podcasts are a lot like uh, rabbit holes, <laughs> yeah. especially for me. I love listening to podcasts where mm-hmm. it's not, uh, there's segments or structures and I hope this hasn't felt like an interview. No, I'm actually, I feel like, I mean, no, it feels good. I mean, like I said, I got to know you too. I was in Kansas. I was listening to Katie Ashley's podcast. And I just tapped into that because when we were driving, I was like, yeah, we can listen to music. And I was like, you got me through Kansas, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I loved all to hear about the music. And, you know, it's cool to get to know, you know, more about people. Yeah. And is this your first podcast? Ever. Yes. First podcast ever, <laughs> in talking yoga with Joe. <laughs> talking yoga with Joe, no, yeah, yeah. Um, so my wife wanted me to tell you that uh, Kate counts is a perfect podcast like name. <laughs> well, you that. know when I got married, my mom said, "Kate, it's the reassurance you've always needed." Yeah, Kate counts. Kate counts. C o u n t s. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think you should have your own podcast. Oh, gosh. oh I don't know. Maybe one day. One day? First, I'm going to get on the mat again. Right. Well, you're really good at them. <laughs> Thank um, you. You're really good at um, opening up a class. Thank you. And um, some teach like, it's not easy, or just to put it out there, to, to get up there in no. front of people and teach anything, whether it's yoga or and? fourth grade, mm-hmm. or, or being a teacher. You said this is the hardest job. Um, but you sit down, and I feel like your energy is just like, relax and you mentioned before not liking the word ego right there's certain words in like the new age um that i I don't like get tossed how i feel about spiritual Mm -hmm. but you are a little bit like a spiritual motivator (laughs) i've been called that before i mean thank you (laughs) yeah where it's beautiful and um the class structures they're challenging i love the like classes and sequences um, for me being uh, a yoga teacher and I see other yoga teachers, I love being inspired. Yeah. And uh, I do feel inspired in your classes, thank you, so Joe. thank you. That means, a re- that means a lot. It really does. I want people to feel at ease. And, and yeah, motivated to do something that, especially like, I mean, I don't know if you remember, your, I mean, walking into your first yoga class can be sometimes like scary in a way. And I want I don't know where these these stories are coming from, everyone that's coming. And if I can connect on some sort of human level with another human being and help them feel at ease. Just one Just person. one. Right. And maybe turn them on. Maybe, like I said, my kid's going into all these different places and, like, plant a seed. I mean, that's what we're doing. Yeah. You can do that literally, too. Yes, you can. It's or like that. My quote I love. <laughs> they thought we were. They thought that they could bury us. They didn't know we were seeds. Yeah. And then lately, I've been thinking about that as our own minds. Yeah. Well, you had us in a very 
child's pose mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with our arms back, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we're all feeling like seeds, and mm-hmm. you said that quote, mm-hmm. and um, it's just, it was perfect. Yeah, you know, I just think about that because we have so much to share. Yeah. All of us, all of our stories, I mean, yeah, and sometimes it's hard, it takes vulnerability, one of those, you know, words, and but like, I think yoga, like, slowly just cracks you open. Little bit. Little bit. Seeds. But Seeds. I think, you know, our thoughts sometimes can try to bury us. Yeah. Planting those seeds. Mm-hmm. And you were a little nervous, you said, about talking about I yourself. I mean, I am. I'm, I, you know, but like putting myself out there. But then, see, I'm, I feel so at ease with you. I don't even know that this thing is sitting here. I'm like, exactly. I'm like let's just talk. Because <laughs> I love talking with people about things. I'm not a big one for small talk. I like it, but I'll be like... Tell me your story. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, small talk in the South is a very interesting thing because everyone knows it's a little mundane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's, it can be um, a little like that sometimes. But generally, it's like being nice. Yeah. We're very nice known. Person, I, mean, right? I mean, the South is very nice. <laughs> but we definitely have skeletons. You uh, know? Well, the dark South. Yeah. The deep South, they say. And I like to hear about it. Yeah. Let's bring it out. Let's and talk. podcasts for me have been really fun. That's why I was uh, super surprised that this is your first podcast <laughs> ever, Talking Yoga with Joe. Yeah, I love it. Um, but yeah, you're really, um, you're good at it. Thanks. Yeah. Um, the Eclipse. Oh yeah, we were going to talk about that. Wasn't yeah. that the right thing? Well, I can say that the Eclipse, um, I, w- I taught all three classes the morning of the Eclipse and then went home and watched it on Oak Island. And I can say, sitting with my children, I was just as curious as they were. And it felt awesome to feel like a child. Right. And be like, I don't know what it's going to look like. Because they'd be like, well, Mom. And I was like, I've never seen one. You know, and that anticipation of like, it was like Santa was coming. <laughs> you, know? Right. you know? You're like... I don't know, you know, like I felt like a kid again. Something magical. Yes, and it was. <laughs> yeah, magical. It was magical, but it was real. Yeah. And you're and so that makes sense. So is Santa too, right? Santa, so, yeah. Makes sense. I'm Santa. I'm real. <laughs> but like, when it got dark, and I was so humbled, just by this beautiful like cosmos. That we're just part of something so big. Totally. It made me feel like it was a message from the universe that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Like on my level, I'm going to cry, John. But like, you know, because I said this last two years has been hard and then like, it almost like cleared all this energy and it was like this amazing dose of trust and it was like, it's going to be okay. And everything in this beautiful world that's going on. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, and it was like a message. For me, that's how I felt it. It was just like, okay, thank you. Yeah. And we are pretty fortunate. Yeah. And everything is okay. And everything is okay. (laughs) Gratitude. Right. So an eclipse, uh, an astronomical events. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, ex- I can't say uh, the Amazon Echo's name. We all know the name. If I say it on the podcast, I, maybe everyone's will go off. 
Alexa, what is a solar eclipse? An eclipse is an astronomical event that occurs when an astronomical object is temporarily obscured, either by passing into the shadow of another body or by having another body pass between it and the viewer. Right? So amazing. Thank you, Alexa. Thank you. Beautiful. Right? We are growing up in a, my kids are growing up in a different age, but a really badass one too. <laughs> <laughs> so astronomical, I love that word too, by the way, events. And I don't know if a lot of people know this. Um, I certainly didn't know that much about eclipses mm -hmm. and stuff, but it's a whole pretty big event. And like talking a little bit about Charleston down here. I mean, this was something that was going on for months where we were like mm -hmm. preparing for it. Mm -hmm. So right, your kids were off from school. Mm -hmm. Everybody down here was off from school. Um, but it lasted for me at least like a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of a longer event. Um, and a very small portion of it um, is in total darkness, mm -hmm. totality. Mm -hmm. um, so I started, I was actually right here um, okay. in West Ashley. There's a big park. Mm -hmm. And you were with right your there. wife? Yep. Okay. And uh, our beagle. And, and you just kind of staked your, your spot? And yeah, and uh, there's like people setting up in the park too as, as well. And uh, it's getting a little bit of cloudiness, and this was mm -hmm. the weather at Charleston. Um, but most of those clouds were just kind of going through. They're very light over the sun, so with our like special NASA glasses. Yes. Um, we were sort of able to see the clouds go past the sun, but it was so bright that you can still see the full disk right. of the sun. So we started a couple hours before. We were, the sun was just normal, mm -hmm. as is. No, no eclipse. Were you able to see some of it with just your sunglasses on? No? Did you wear the regular? Because we could see, because it was so cloudy, but you could still see the orange. Were you able to see that? No. Maybe in a different spot? I was able to see the, the, yeah, the perfect orange yeah, of yeah. the sun. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the shape of it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, gradually, you see this other disc, right. right? Too, and it's just like moving, and it was moving from the top right. And uh, I just was staring at watching it for a while, and uh, as I was just like breathing, taking deep breaths, I was literally, I think, I was moving. Mm -hmm. But you this were disc. <laughs> you were because you were part of it. Right, we're all part of it. <laughs> closer and closer. And then gradually just was like a Pac-Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and this was, I believe it's called C1 or C2 stage. Mm -hmm. And there's different stages right. before. And then there's the after post, you know, eclipse. Right. In totality. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was pretty cool and neat um, to go through that and uh, experience. And you know, everyone's getting more excited. More people are like gathering and um, it started getting a little bit more cloudy and like dark mm -hmm. clouds were kind of coming by and they were blocking them off. Mm -hmm. So most of those went away and right before um, uh, true totality um, started lightening up a little bit mm -hmm. and we didn't know if it was going to rain but you just hear like lightning, lightning. and thunder. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Did you see a rainbow? Own. Yes, I think so. Yes, 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 so yes. Say, yes. Right after this, right after that lightning, and this was all before total darkness, so I still haven't gotten there yet. Um, I was just like, this could be, maybe, I don't know, the end of the world. Um, I was like, it's kind of weird, and uh, 
then I took off the glasses as a perspective because then suddenly like a rainbow right? started Right? Wasn't it wild? And I was just like, what is going on? <sighs> Having those two extremes and those two differences. And, and you know, a lot of people like, a lot of people see the, the rainbow as a promise. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. And it didn't rain mm-hmm. before. Um, and during like the total totality, I mean, it happens quick. So then, right before one of the stages, I believe it's called it's called Bailey's bead. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, is that when it looks like the diamond ring? Um, right. No, is that for totality? It looked like a diamond ring going around it. Right. Was that what they call that, the Bailey bead? I'm not sure. Okay. We'll have to look that up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Was are you talking about like when it's fifty fifty percent? Almost like the moon is just about 50% in its path of the sun. No, this was full. When it got to full totality, and it looked like the ring with the... Yes, I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay. It's like seconds. Yeah, and I didn't know, before. like, everyone we were with were like, look for the ring, look for the ring, and I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> right? There it is. <laughs> it's a little like a trip. It is. Yeah. So you see that ring, you see that light, and it's a very thin slither of mm-hmm. the sun, right? That's Bailey's bead. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Oh, cool. I'm glad I know. It's not just called the diamond ring. <laughs> no, I think but the diamond ring is something separate, too. Like oh, that, it is. Okay. Light. It mm-hmm. might be. I'm not sure. See? And then uh, you get that moon going directly there, and it's there, and it hits it, right? And then in Charleston, we're, we're here where it just went into complete darkness, total darkness. Um, not just on the side of the sun, but in the entire sky. I know. Wasn't it so cool? <laughs> Did you get like like uh, we were on Oak Island right near Folly Beach, Barrier Island? The crickets just started to come out. They thought it was time for you know dusk. It was like it was almost to the point where we couldn't hear. Really? Because it was so loud. Just rising up. They were just like. Yeah, supposedly it like freaks them out. Well, it confuses them. It confuses them. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, in the video that I posted, you see uh, our dogs like. They got, they shot up. It was a time lapse. Yeah. It was really quick. But it goes to total darkness from the, from the light, and they just shot up. Side note really quick about that animals knowing. Sure. I was in Oregon, in Lincoln City, and we couldn't find a place to camp, so we found a motel that was, like, right on the water, which was, like, $100 a night, and I split it with my sister and their kids. And I walk out, and there's, like, this lady standing there, and she has binoculars, and I was like, oh, what are you looking at? She's like... The whales. And I was like, the whales? What are you talking about? Like, there's, She's like, no, they never come this close. She's like, I'm a marine biologist here studying it. They're here because of the eclipse. Really? And Because it was where they were going to get full totality all the way through Lincoln City to, or it was like right around Lincoln City. It was like kind of, you know, they had that space in Oregon to Charleston. And she's like, they know it's going to happen, so they're all coming in. No way. And I was like, what? And sure enough, they were just off right, and she's like, they never come this close to shore. And I was like, well, wow. And she's like, they know it's going to happen. They're so smart. Just like, you know, they're like, they're so in tune. Yeah. And they definitely aren't in tune. So whales. Whales. Really? Wow. They just knew that the shift was going to happen. And that's another world down there when you think of any everything below. Do you know what I tell my level. kids? The coolest thing about the ocean is we can't live in it. Really. 
We can try. We can try, but we can't. No, yeah. no. One, I said that's the coolest thing about it. Yeah. We're trying to live in well, Spain, but like the ocean. We can't live in it. No, you're no, right. Yeah. We can't. Like humans can't, can't survive. Can't survive and live in it. So there's this whole other. Like we'll sit there and look at it and like, yeah, there's a whole other world going on in there. Definitely. Under the sea, as they say. Yeah, but we can't, we got to make sure we don't mess up their world, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in this great world that we're in, yeah, like that eclipse has to have some kind of effect on everything in the water. So oh, yeah. I wonder what that, uh, what that is hmm. specifically. Curiosity. Yeah. I'm mean, sure like it went into dark, well. Did it? Yeah, it went to darkness yeah. down there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was like, what? Wow. But I feel like they are more in tune with the energy a little bit sometimes. Like, animals know, like, before a hurricane or before an earthquake, or they know it's happening. It's it's pretty, you know. Like, my, my husband was in the San Francisco, uh, he grew up in San Francisco, the San Francisco earthquake. What was the one? 19, the big one early 90s maybe? the early 90s the world series was going on during it because he said he was watching it oh, wow. and his dog knew he said five minutes before the dog was just freaking out and he was like why is my why and he was like the dog knew that this major earthquake was coming and as humans we have no we don't have, we don't that, have that technology yet no yet because <laughs> <laughs> what is it they must have something I don't know, but like they know that there's shift. gonna be like the, the Earth is gonna shift. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Maybe. Yoga. Keep doing like, yoga. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yoga is this technology, but yeah, that so that moment of totality, mm-hmm. um, you know, quickly happened, and when you look up and you see that um, that disc, I wasn't really expecting seeing something like that. Right. Isn't that cool? <laughs> All right. So that was the moment where I uh, was like, like remember when I was driving and I was teaching yoga and I started laughing and crying. <laughs> I literally just started laughing yeah, and crying, yeah. looking at this. I was like, I am here, right now, in this day, in Charleston, looking up at this, my family, my beautiful wife, and dogs, and I was like, this is the best. Yeah. Gratitude. Gratitude. Grateful. And Grateful for... brings you laugh, tears, and and, and all laughter that all in one. It's like a cleanse. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a while, like that week, did you? How did you feel that night? That night, I was really attached to it. Okay. Um, not so much where I was just like, I need it to go dark again. Like I, a little bit like that's cool. Like I'm ready to for seven years. It's not gonna be um, right. Uh, Are you going to become back. an eclipse chaser? <laughs> Ooh, I, I listened so. to an NPR thing about these, I mean, they're the real deal. Yeah. Some guy that I was listening to, I mean, 30 in his lifetime. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were listening to the same guy. Yeah. It was just a quick segment I mm-hmm, watched. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit. It's like that day I was a little bit of like super interested and like a little attached to that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that's human and normal. Like when you have a cool trip right? and you come back from it, you're a little bit back in that trip. Yeah. Rather than like a year later, you're not going to be having the that same, same quantity mm-hmm. of right. thoughts. But definitely, yeah, that night I was just like so drawn into that experience. Um, so I did write a lot. Cool. And I did a lot of writing where I was just setting new um, intentions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, setting a lot of new I think goals. it did bring a lot of, cl- like, cl- like you said, a cleanse. It was like, 
I think it just cleared a lot of energy that like was no longer like it was I that's how I felt. It opened up. The next morning I woke up and I just felt more space. I keep going back to that, but I just felt like okay, intention like okay, you know, I like a renewed spirit almost. Right. That's so refreshing. Refreshing. Yeah. But I think that sometimes happens when uh, adults are odd. Does that make sense? Like, we're like, completely. I, 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 I almost go back to that childlike state of like, I'm sorry, they can't see my face, but it's like that <laughs> face of like, wow. When you were looking up with your, um, your kids, and you said you were looking at like, your a kid. I was with them. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I don't, I think some, we get this, but like, once again, if you're playing by the rules all the time, sometimes we don't have those moments of like, wow, there's something bigger going on. Taking it all in. Taking it all in. I did feel like a child. (laughs) Not nice for one moment. No worries. Just like you said, you were there, you're with your wife, you're... You're in trouble. You, you were just saying one moment, and you're just like, you're in the moment. Right. And seeing something like that in our home. Yeah, I know. And I mean home, like earth. Earth. Right? Just the sky. <laughs> um, a little bit was uh, psychedelic and trippy. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. The whole hour, two-hour experience. Um, but it felt a little bit, Shakespeare had a quote um, about the st- the reality is like a stage. I can like Google this or look it up. Um, and someone can find this right now. It's like, <laughs> you know, reality is just like this stage, right? Um, and when I like was looking up, I was like, sort of felt like a stage, like a, um, a Hollywood studio room where someone it didn't look real created this effect, right? Just a special effect. Well, because we live in this very, age now where everything is digital or like special effects. Like, I'm a, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. That's, like, my jam. Yeah. Like, I always, you know, I, I'm into it. But that wasn't created like that, you know? That it was wasn't. like, you no. Know. But it felt like that for a moment. Where, like, it was. Yes. It was something that I thought, like, just could be created by simulations. And, right. You know, I someone can throw these glasses and goggles on and see maybe the same thing that I'm seeing in a couple of years or who knows. Um I had all that, but I was like, oh, no, this isn't. This it wasn't all that. Like, this was freaking real. This is the real time. <laughs> and I loved, you know, I loved At one point, I looked around, and everyone was looking at the sky. You're right. And it made me so happy. Yeah. I thought about that, too. And everyone was looking at the sky. Yeah. And just, for one moment, just like... I was, um... Yeah, I had my hands back like this, just sitting on the ground, and I was yeah. like, looking up at the sky... With my back um, up, and my glasses on, of course. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, there's some cops driving around like the park, and like, you know, just doing their thing, checking everything out. I'm just like, I wonder what they're thinking. Like, it's all right. Everyone's just looking up at the sky. Like, how often does that? No, it doesn't ever happen. Right <laughs> now. What a just a cool experience. Yeah, it was a cool experience. We were really blessed to be here. You know. Yeah. Life. We're really blessed to be here. (laughs) Life is cool. Life is cool. 
can be really, really cool sometimes. Yeah, it was really cool that day. Yeah. Yeah, I felt real good. And I've had that momentum since then. Seriously, I really felt that, like, I haven't lost, like, the momentum of, like, I don't know, big dose of trust. And I've carried it with me ever since. I remember I woke up that Tuesday. It's still with me, so. That's good. Yeah. I feel that, and I think you, you share that, and you teach that, and, like, you're, uh, yeah. not just your classes, but, um, being able to just sit with you. Yeah. With you, and do a podcast. Oh. Yeah. Can't believe this is your first one. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be a second. I like Hopefully to talk, man, just about, I mean, I will talk for hours about stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I wasn't even um, too nervous for, like, podcasts. Mm-hmm. When I started, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And then to carry along a conversation, where, like, someone is, like, a vinyasa flow a little mm-hmm. bit, I've described mm-hmm. it, where it's, like, a little back and forth, flowing. Um, but for this then one, there's with pauses. you, counts, I was like, <laughs> in pauses, I was like, He's really easy to talk to. Thank you. And we do talk uh, a lot, like, before the classes mm-hmm. that I talked with, and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I, I've had a blast, Joe. Cool. For sure. Yeah. And you promoted hmm? a little bit. You did some promoting a little bit. A little bit. We've got to get your dates out. So, at the Poor House. Okay, here we, we go. Got a really I'm cool not the best promoter, coming but. Coming out. I have what? It's a really uh, cool event. Which, oh, the Field and Flow, are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am teaching at Field and Flow, um, which I'm really excited about. Overnight Yoga Festival, and um, it's um, in Ridgeville, South Carolina. It's on the Edisto River, um, on this beautiful piece of land. And I'm going to be teaching the, like, vibrating class, like, rise your vibration class. Um, I'm really excited to be a part of that. There's going to be three, two other yoga teachers that are teaching as well. And so I got that coming up September 23rd. And like I said before, I teach at the, I teach all over, but the poorhouse is like my, um, how do I even say it? It's just, my soul feels really comfortable there. It's a music venue, but also there's so much creativity coming out of there. It's surrounded by murals, and people go there to dance, and people go there to sing and to play music and do yoga. And so I really love doing that. And like I was telling you before, I teach it more on the style of one of my main teachers, Eric Schiffman, Um, like freedom style. So I teach for the first 45 minutes, all levels, um, and for five minutes I crank the music and we practice as a community. And What do you mean for five minutes? For five minutes I crank music and we just practice. Really? That's it? They have a wonderful sound system. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, it explains it like this, like, and I explain this a lot at the Poor House. You know when you're in, I mean this happens to me, not as much as it used to because I can't go to as many music I used to, but you're at a show and like the music takes you and it speaks to you and you kind of just become one with it and you you are so anchored in the present moment, moving your body and just feeling it. That's but isn't that what we're doing with yoga? (laughs) And we do that for five minutes and like it's anything. Like I say, I think yoga is laying on your back, looking up at a tree and being in awe. Yoga is looking at an eclipse and looking up and being at awe, being humbled, or, you know, it's all kinds of, it's life, you know, yoke, union, you know, together, 
And then, um, so that's one of my favorite classes to teach because I can really just... It's really cool, the first of the month, first Sunday of the month, we usually donate to um, a different organization that is working for change, that is helping to um, bring us together as a global community. So I love that, and I teach at Gaia in Mount Pleasant, like I said. I'm there, right now I'm seven days a week, but it, yesterday was my last Wednesdays. I'm not going to teach on Wednesdays anymore. I'm going to take a day off. Totally? Wednesday? Totally. Right on. It'll be the first time in, wow, six years maybe. That's awesome. Good I'm, for you. I'm excited. So, yeah. Yeah. So those are my promoting. <laughs> <laughs> not so bad it's not so bad but i don't like doing it that much i'm always like oh just come you know blah 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 (laughs) yeah i feel like it yeah it can be like a little awkward yeah but i think we also have to put ourselves out there exactly i think that's really cool i want to check out the poor house yeah i want to come to that it's fun yeah yeah this weekend sunday um we're doing all the money is gonna go to houston um, and we're working, I'm working with the team to try to figure out where that is going to go. So it goes to the right place. Um, Brene Brown is one of my favorite uh, authors. She, you know, wrote Daring Greatly and, um, that's the one that, that sticks out most in my mind. Um, but she's from Houston and she's like on the ground in one of the, the, the big shelter where everyone is that, what is it, the... I think it's a basketball arena. I don't know. But she, um, I'm trying to figure out where to bring those funds, but she's been talking about a lot, like, what is needed, and so we're going to give, raise money for that. Yeah. Because I think as a coastal community, we, we understand. Yeah. <laughs> That's really nice of you guys. And the whole uh, Houston thing really, is really devastating and sad. And you had something that you posted um, on your Facebook earlier that uh, I liked, and uh, I'll share um, it's very nice with these workers that were trapped in their space for Could you not two even? Days. I mean, there it goes. I get goosebumps by humanity. The kindness. Um, can you tell the story and, like, what did they um, end up doing and they, making? They made the, um, I have to, I can't even remember. It's like a Mexican bread. Well, I had it pulled up right here, actually. Yeah, they were trapped for two days, and it said all day and all night. They just made, it's, it starts with a T, I think. Should I go up? Yeah. Uh, it says... Pan Dulce? Am I saying that right? P-A-N-D-L-C-E. I know Pan is... C E. Yeah. And they just worked day in and day out, and now they're donating it all. I mean, it's... Like, it's stories like these that we see, and you're just like... Like I said, like a renewed... Like I felt with the eclipse in the human spirit. Because when it comes down to it, I think we all want everyone to succeed. Or we, like, we... Deep, deep within we do. Deep within we do. And I think sometimes there's so many things with the mind comes in where it tries to divide us. You know, I've been really working with this thing in my mind of being like, yes, we're all different. Because we've just been talking about how different we are. We all have different, eat different, we exercise differently. Our bodies are all different. But if we look at differences is like separate that brings division right away division like and, and even in the yoga world like this is something like my yoga is but you know this is the yoga or this is the yoga we have so many different types of yoga and some people are more drowned to others than 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 but no one's like or religion like we were just saying but if what if we just looked at it as uniqueness 
we're all so unique. And, like, I play around with this, like, and then maybe we can be like, that can bring unity. Each person is unique. Unique instead yeah. of different. Because mm-hmm. that word different makes me... It's like, it's, it automatically separates me, too. Different. Separate my hands. This person is different, different. or I'm different. Yeah. I'm different. You know, my kids are like, oh, I'm so different. Blah, blah, blah. It, uh, it just brings this feeling of, like, no, you're unique. You know, and we're not, like, Joe, if we were trapped and we knew how to make pandulce, we would have probably done it for hours, right? Because we'd be like, what can I do to help? Exactly. Also, the mind, too. Two days is 48 hours, more or less, in the state that they're in there. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. You know? If you don't think that's a lot of time, and you've never meditated. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh, right? Take, take a timer, just put it on. Oh, my God. I, mean, I told you, that's something I struggle with a lot, sitting still. I mean, hence the mala. I mean, I, I, have, I need something that keeps me in. So. Yeah. And you create and make these. I do. Yeah. No, really nice. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. Um, when I can't get to yin, I say, this is my yin. It's meditative for me when I'm making the malas. I just... The, fe- the stringing beads. It calms me down and brings me into space. A level. level. That's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. On your Facebook, too, you have Evolve Holistic Health and Fitness. Yes. Yeah. So check that out on Facebook. Yeah, I named my business Evolve, and I say that a lot because it's constantly changing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we are. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for a while I worked with people with eating and fitness, and, um, you know, the poorhouse morphed into that, and now the malas have morphed into that. I also marry people now, um, which kind of fell into my lap, That's and so I cool. really, really love doing now. I mean, gosh, how could you not love that job? You know, I'd go and I'm like, everyone is happy. Everyone is in love. You know, I love marrying people. And um, also something up and coming in the, in the works is those paddle boards will be back in the water soon. For real? Yeah. That's all I can say with something really cool. I hope so. Yeah. I will be there. Yeah. I love it. I'm excited. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone reached out to you if there's a couple. Um, Do what? If there's a couple out there that's listening. Yeah. Like, How do they reach out to I want out that to, to reach out to you. And I want you to marry. Oh, yeah. If they want, you know, I do. And How I bring, awesome would that be? Yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. The, how I do it is um, I have the, um, the couple write letters to each other. And I just kind of give them the framework. Because sometimes I marry people that I don't know. And I don't want to have a stale, you know, ceremony. And so I have them, you know, I kind of give them guidelines. And they write the letters to them. And then they send the letters to me, but they don't um, see them. And I base the ceremony off the letters. And then um, they get the letters on the day of their marriage. They get married. And I just married uh, my good friend, and she actually decided to put the letters in a box and nail it. And they're going to open up the letters on their fifth wedding anniversary. Because I think sometimes you got to have to be reminded about why you decided to make this commitment. So it's really cool. I, I really enjoy doing that. And what's that like for you? Oh, what, writing the ceremony, the letters, or the whole experience? Um, well, the experience, but also the, the performance being in that moment. When I'm marrying them? Yeah. 
it's hard for me not to cry sometimes. Because when you're standing in front of two humans that are looking in each other's eyes, it's like looking at the eclipse. Right. They're just so in awe of each other. And it's almost like, because you're right there, nothing else matters. Like all these people around them, yes, that matters. But it's like you can see their world. And you're just, hmm. It's, I mean, once, I'm a crier, Joe, I'm sorry. But it, it makes me humbled, my love. You know? Yeah, because when it comes down to it, it's love. Maybe <laughs> yeah. like the only important thing. It is. It is. And love is work at the same time. <laughs> right? I like that. It's That's work. a good note to end on. Yeah, love is work. Love is work. <laughs> uh, your podcast, mm -hmm. we'll talk about um, Samantha, your own podcast. Okay. Because you're... <laughs> We could go on. This was only like a little more than an hour, but I feel like we could have gone on and talked for like yeah. two, three more well, hours. We'll hang out more, Joe. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this podcast episode with my guest, Kate Kelps. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have one more minute, please, please rate and comment Talking Yoga with Joe on your iTunes store. 